Production. Recorded live. Hey everyone, Hassan here, and you are listening to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode number 93. It's a very special episode. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, but we wanted to bring, bring it back with this really cool episode. This is our Video Games Live special number two, because we have brought back a special guest of ours, Tommy Tallarico. Hey, hey guys, thanks for having me again. Thank you for joining us. Um, so he is back, and alongside him we have our usual podcast crew. We have Steve. Hey, guys, how's it going? And we have Greg. Hey, everyone. And uh, speaking of Greg, real quick, we have to say today is Greg's birthday, so I think it's only fitting that we sing happy birthday to Greg, I feel like. Uh, it's a very special day for him. Greg, um, how old so, are you? I'm actually 30. Just turn across. 30? Oh, that's the worst one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I passed that last year, so it's all in the past for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Greg. Happy birthday to you. I can't sing, at least. Um, <laughs> I was but, bad on purpose because I have a voice <laughs> angel, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so today is um, August 19th, 2013, and we have Tommy Tallarico here with us to talk about uh, Video Games Live. So we've actually interviewed Tommy before, and I was just checking. Um, we interviewed him, it was almost four years ago, actually. It was October 27th, 2009, wow. um, and uh, it was our fifth episode, and it was really cool. It was like our, I think it was like a two-hour, you know, thing. It was really in-depth um, and lots of great, you know, insight into video games live and everything. Um, so real quick, for those that don't know, Tommy Tallarico is um, he's a, a composer and he's worked on a bunch of different games, um, including Earthworm Jim, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, um, Advent Rising. Uh, he's helped out with, you know, Metroid Prime for those Nintendo fans um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and, so he's also you know, the co-creator of the Video Games Live concerts, which if you haven't seen those, then I don't know what's wrong with you because they are a lot of fun um, to uh, to be a part of. Um, so thank you again for joining us. No worries. My pleasure. Um, so I guess we just wanted to, um, if, you, if you want to briefly explain maybe, Tommy, for those that don't know who or what Video Games Live really is and, and a little bit about yourself, just to kind of give them an, an introduction. Um, Sure, yeah. Uh, So Video Games Live is all the greatest video game music of all time, played by a full symphony and choir. And what makes it really kind of special and unique is that everything's completely synchronized to massive video screens and stage show production and rock and roll lighting and special effects and interactive elements with the crowd. So I kind of like to describe it as having all of the power and emotion of a symphony orchestra, but combined with the energy and excitement of a rock concert mixed together with all the cutting-edge visuals and interactivity and technology and and fun that video games provide. So it's like I I wanted to create something for everyone, not just for hardcore gamers, but a show that, and and of course we have a lot of, you know, kind of inside jokes throughout, but, but I want to create a show for everyone, like whether you are into gaming or not, Um, because my whole goal was to kind of prove to the world how culturally significant and artistic video games have become. And 
it's also a good way to help usher in a whole new generation of young people to appreciate a symphony. But, um, you know, by making the the show kind of accessible for everyone, you know, people who know nothing about video games kind of come away from the show with a whole new respect and understanding and appreciation for the video game industry. And that was really kind of the goal from the beginning. Awesome. Yeah, I just got to interject here. Like that's that was my experience. So like when we went, um, my wife and I a couple of years ago at the E3 show, um, it was just it was a really cool experience for me and just to um, to go in and and I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, we had talked you know in our last podcast and everything, but I wasn't really sure what to expect until I got there. And it was something that I, I took my wife to. Um, she's not as, you know, definitely not into video games as much as I was, but, you know, I was like, you know, it, it'd be a fun event and everything. And so we checked it out. And so I walked away with just a, a, a better appreciation for video game music as a whole, because there was times that I, I heard a music, I heard a song and you guys started up and saw the visuals and everything. And there was, there was an emotion in me that I didn't realize would be there uh, a lot of times when I heard it. And even for games that I hadn't played, it was still really cool to experience that. And the same thing, happened for my wife as well. She was really, um, I think, impressed by how much she did enjoy it, even though she probably hadn't played half or even a quarter of the games um, that were, you know, played that night. Um, she really was impressed with the overall quality of the entire thing and, and how much it, it was, uh, this combination of uh, video game history and music and everything combined with the the eloquence, but the the quality of a, of a rock and an orchestra kind of you know, combined and everything. It was, it's it's a really cool thing. So thank you so much for what you do. Very cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm yeah, I know. Um, I myself has also had also been twice to the uh, the concerts, and it's been uh, a lot of fun. And I know the last time I went was it was back in April 2009. It was actually the hundredth show in oh. Richmond, Virginia. Um, so that was cool. But I mean, it's been you know so long since then. So um, I know so much has happened for video games live since then. I know uh, you guys did the PBS special, which I remember you hinted at back when you did the yeah, last podcast, right. and then um, <laughs> it, it finally happened, and that was really cool to watch. And there was a whole DVD of the show and everything. So, um, what was that like doing the the PBS special and everything? Yeah, I mean, again, the whole the whole idea um, that kind of you know all came to fruition. The, the whole concept behind the show, like I was saying, to kind of get people, uh, obviously, to celebrate the whole game industry to you know video game fans like myself. I consider myself uh, you know a huge one, and um, but but to put it on something like PBS was so big because you know 80% of the PBS audience are females over the age of 55 you know and and so we were reaching a whole audience a whole new audience that had no idea what the difference between God of War and Sonic the Hedgehog was you know and so to to do something now, but here's the incredible thing: over 4,000 PBS specials has been done since the 60s, and Video Games Live was ranked number nine of all time. That's unbelievable. Wow. Like, so even though, you know, and and what was happening is, you know, the, the 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 moms were watching PBS, and all of a sudden they see Halo, Master Chief, or you know, uh, something on screen. They're like, hey, that. Halo game you're always playing, or that Warcraft game you're always playing is 
is on PBS. Come on down and 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 check this out. And then the families were watching together, you know. And so um, that that was like a you know a, a really uh, a really big deal for us uh, in regards to you know kind of getting to an audience that we typically and, and I mean PBS it, it went to 90 million people 90 million households were able to uh, to turn that to tune that in so it's it's pretty significant um so yeah that, and then of course from there we did a blu-ray and a dvd and and our our second album um and uh working on our hopefully our third album uh coming up now we just launched a kickstarter uh last week for our second or sorry our third album and hopefully our second uh dvd and blu-ray nice um and so yeah i kind of want to now let's i guess transition into that that kickstarter so that's you know i found this a couple days ago i saw this and i was excited i was like oh hey you know a new cd on the way um, so this is for, for those that don't know, I guess there's a, a Kickstarter going for their, their third CD, and um, there's a lot of different um, pledges and a lot of different rewards and stuff um, that are available for people that, that do this. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about, um, I guess, why you went the Kickstarter route and some details and some of those rewards? A- absolutely. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned in the uh, in the in the video um is that you know a lot of people might think well why the heck do you guys need kickstarter you know aren't you like a big touring symphonic show and this and that and you know the reality is is that you know we i put all my own money right into video games live i i always have i've i've never uh taken a paycheck i've never you know i mean i've you know lucky enough to be a kind of a successful game composer and uh over the years so i as long as you know as long as we're breaking even we're i'm happy to do this for the rest of my life you know and so as long as people keep uh, coming out so i put everything right back into the show and you know that's why you know we're very different from some of the other game concerts that have kind of come out after us and that you know they only play the big cities and do the big things whereas we play everywhere. Again, my goal was to bring this to everyone. And so, you know, yeah, we've played to 100,000 people in China, but we've also played to 500 people in Idaho Falls. You know, you know, so we, we go everywhere. You look at our tour dates and we go everywhere. And sometimes, you know, you're losing money playing smaller places. I mean, how could you possibly make it, you know, make it back um, when you when you have, you know, smaller venues and things. But again, we don't care. You know, it, it, it's it's about, you know, getting it out there and we'll play for uh, for whoever will have us. And um, and so, you know, I funded most of the PBS special, about 75% of it. Uh, and that thing cost a million dollars to produce. So, you know, we put everything we ever had, uh, every penny we ever made, everything, um, you know, in, into that special. And we still haven't got the money back yet, but, um, you know, getting there. But, but, you know, I don't want to stop doing albums and stop doing this kind of stuff because the reality is is that no record company – believes in video game music you know we went to every single major label and none of them you know even 
our last album and and DVD was never distributed in Europe or outside of America and outside of the U.S. and Canada. Um, and so we want to change that. And, and none of the record companies believe in us. You know, none of them say, oh, you know, gamers aren't willing to play, pay for music. They just steal it off the Internet or they download it off YouTube or whatever, which, you know, is kind of true. But <laughs> but, but, but I, I do believe they are willing to pay for a quality product and, and, and for, uh, you know, and for video game music, something like this. And, and the other thing about it, though, is that, you know, our first couple albums, I mean, we covered all the popular, you know, the most popular stuff that people would, you know, think, you know, Mario and Zelda and Sonic and Warcraft and Halo and Final Fantasy VII and blah, 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 down the road. But this one, I wanted to do, like all of the really kind of deep stuff, um, stuff like Shadow of the Colossus and and Street Fighter Two and Beyond Good and Evil and you know Monkey Island and you know kind of stuff like that. I mean, I also wanted to do like Journey and Skyrim and all the new stuff that we've been doing over the last couple of years since our our last one came out. And again, you know, you try to go to a record company and say, hey, can you give us a couple hundred thousand dollars because we want to record like a major world class symphony and choir um, with all the best people. And uh, we're going to be doing the music to Beyond Good and Evil, you know, (laughs) you know, so no one's willing to because I went to all the record companies, of course. And, uh, you know, and and they all said the same thing. They're like, not interested. You know, not a lot of companies are willing to take the risk on that. So um, I said, well, you know what, let, let me try this Kickstarter thing. Let me see if if people are interested in, in you know, hearing, um, you know, stuff that we're putting out and, and want to continue, you know, um, you know, supporting stuff like this. And I got to tell you, you know, the first day uh, we did over $65,000, over a thousand people uh, pledged on that, on that very first day. I think we're upwards. uh, We just passed a hundred thousand today. So we're about 40% there. Um, The whole, but the thing for me about, about Kickstarter, there's there's two things. Uh, The first thing is I want everything to be uh, transparent. So I, put our entire budget like you know uh, itemized budget right on the front page because i want people to understand where the money's going and you know where the cost is and and this and that because two hundred fifty thousand dollars for somebody who you know doesn't you know isn't a you know doesn't do this stuff every day like 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 i do that's that's a lot of money and you're like well why the heck do you need that much money what i don't understand so we actually go through and break it all down because uh, again it's, it's we're not a it's not a four-piece rock band it's you know 150 musicians right <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. doing, recording an hour of music over two or three days uh and again world-class musicians not not you know um you know we want we want the best and the you know the, the best and brightest but so that's one thing is I want to be completely transparent with the budget. The second thing, though, is that I wanted to give back to our supporters as much as possible. So what we're doing is every dollar, basically, that you pledge, you're going to get back at least quadruple the value. 
So if you pledge $20, we want to give you at least, you know, $80 worth of stuff. If you pledge 100 bucks, you're going to get at least four, five, six hundred $600 worth of stuff. And it just goes on and on and on. Because, again, about us, it's not, it's not like, oh, for $5 you get your name in the credits or whatever. It's like, no, at the, at the very first level, every single person who pledges is going to get a, a full 20-track album, just a bonus album that, that we've put together with all the game composers. At 10 bucks, you get the album which is, again, going to have 15 to 20 tracks on it, um, and, and, and more and more and more. We just keep piling on and piling on and piling on. Um, so, again, we, it's just it's, it's never – if you look at the tiers and you look at the rewards for the different tier levels, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty stunning. I mean, we've certainly been getting a lot of uh, people sending us stuff going, well, I, are you sure? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, so if I pledge – 50 bucks, you're really going to give me all this stuff? <laughs> like they, they're like, I just want to make sure because it doesn't seem right, you know. And, uh, and that, but that's the great thing about it is why not, you know, with, with digital stuff these days, you know, where you don't have to create physical products and, and this and that, you know, it, it's just a matter of, you know, once it's created, it's a matter of just getting it, you know, to the person. But even all the other stuff that we do create, you know, look, you know, it, it only costs, you know, 70 cents to manufacture a CD, and then you have to pay the royalties. It's about 10 cents for every single track. So let's say if we have 20 tracks on there, so you're looking $2. So you're looking about, you know, two to about $3 total if you include the taxes and the shipping and everything. You're talking about it costs us $3 to do to physically manufacture an album. And then with shipping, you know, you ship it out probably another two to three, four bucks there. So, you know, we don't want to make any profit off it. So we, I calculated all the budgets, put it all together, and said, okay, how can I, um, you know, how can we give back as much as possible to as many people as possible who are willing to support this? And I think that's, the, uh, that's kind of the interesting thing about the Kickstarter that I think is very different from other ones is that, you know, the rewards are just, you know, quadruple, at least quadruple the value. And it's very apparent where we're spending the money. Because I looked at a lot of Kickstarters and I was like, how do I know where this money's going? <laughs> you know, or it's like, yeah, that's cool. I guess for another 50 bucks, I'll get my name in the credits. But yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, so it's like, no, I want people to have as much stuff as possible. Right. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, I looked at like a list, and this is I looked at a lot of Kickstarter projects, and this is definitely the longest list of of rewards that I've ever seen. I think <laughs> so that's great. It, it's <laughs> like, a little yeah, wordy, I know. On, on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think uh, Kickstarter is cool because you kind of you you bring the power to the fans to to be able to make the CD. I think, um, and they're able to kind of choose how much they want to contribute, and the more you contribute, the more you get out of it, which um, you know I think is pretty neat. And, and Kickstarters have also been pretty helpful, and um, there's been other, like, video game Kickstarters that have been really successful as well. Um, so it just kind of shows that sometimes the big publishers or the big record labels or whoever may not necessarily, um, I guess, have faith in something, but the gamers, that's what they want, and this is their way of, of showing that. So I think uh, that's what's really cool about about Kickstarter and, and going this route as well. Um, totally. 
And uh, one other thing that I think is cool about Video Games Live, I know that um, at least back in April 2009 when I saw it, that was the 100th show. And so I'm sure – how many shows have you guys done so far? Do you... We're actually closing on 300. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I typically do like you know, 40 to 50 shows a year uh, all over the world. And, and, and the crazy thing is that – you know, there's still countries that we haven't been to yet. That, that like, like at the end of September, we're going down to Argentina and Peru. We're also doing Chile, Brazil, Mexico, um, which is all places we have been before. But Chile and our, uh, but uh, Peru and Argentina. You know, Buenos Aires uh, and uh, and Lima, Peru, and Buenos Aires, Argentina. So um, very cool. You know, very exciting. And and the folks down there are loving it. We still haven't played uh, the Sydney Opera. House yet, so we haven't played in Australia. We've played New Zealand, but not Australia because we're waiting to do a big kind of world tour over there, uh, a big countrywide tour there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I mean, we played. It's crazy. In December, we played Dubai. We have video games live <laughs> in the Middle East. This is how insane this was, and it was a huge sold-out show, 4,000 people, and they went nuts. They loved it. In fact, we signed a five-year deal with with the promoter, and we're already coming. We're coming back this December as well, December 13th, I think, or 15th or something. Um, we're we've we're already tickets are already on sale for that show, and and so yeah, I mean it's wherever we go all over the world, it's so amazing to see. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like a universal language video game music. You know, whether we're in the Middle East or China or Malaysia or New Zealand or 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 Argentina, everybody loves video game music. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's like wow. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It is cool. I mean, like as you when you we talk about localizing games and everything, you gotta wear like a language and everything, but the music stays the same. No matter where you play the game, that music is gonna be the exact same. So you know, exactly. how they connect with it in America, they're gonna be connecting with it all around the world. So that's really cool. Exactly. And I mean so many people have so much emotional attachment to video game music and, and, and you know, I think there's a couple reasons for that. The first thing is that, you know, unlike movie music, most movie music is kind of, it's called underscore or incidental music or background music because, you know, most people when they're talking, uh, movies are about telling a story and you do that through dialogue. So, you know, most 80% of a film, 80 to 90% are people talking and so the music's underneath that but in video games it's kind of action and interactivity and gameplay and game design that drive our medium right and so mm-hmm. you know the music is out front i call what we do foreground music not background music right so that's one important factor uh, this the second thing of course is that you know you're hearing video game music you know if you play a game yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a kind of a movie example, and I, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to put down films or movies or film composers at all. I, I love them. I honor them. I freaking, you know, they're they're my heroes. Um, but just to kind of make a, a techno, you know, just a, a difference is that. Um, in a you know in a film, you take a movie like Avatar, where you went you know great film, great characters, everything like this. Um, you heard it, you know, you saw the movie in the theater, heard it 
once and then maybe six months later you got the Blu-ray, you'll watch it again, right? So it's like you've seen Avatar and you've experienced it maybe four to six hours in your life. Hum me the music to Avatar. <laughs> you can't do it, right? As, as, as an impactful and emotional as that film was and how great and visual and everything it was. And by the way, the music was great too, but again, you just don't remember it because it's underneath or whatever. Um, but with video games, the music's in your face. Now let's take a game like World of Warcraft where people are playing 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes more hours a week. And the music's being blasted in your face constantly, right? But the, so there's that reason as well. You're hearing it much, much more. Um, but here's the biggest reason where I think video game music, uh, you know, really is different from any other music in the world on the planet ever, is that when you play a video game, you become that character. And that music therefore then becomes the soundtrack of your life while you're playing that game. It's, it's like the soundtrack of your life, right? I mean, you know, how cool would it be if we were walking around daily life and, you know, every time you walk through a door, trumpets play, dun, 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 you know, I'm here, everyone. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's like kind of that's, that's kind of the way video games are, is that that music becomes a part of you. You know, and that's why people, I think, are so emotionally connected to video game music where, you know, which is much different from any other music in the world, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's definitely uh, very true. Um, and and another thing that I think is really cool is, I mean, I mean, there's just so many different video games out there, so many different genres of games, and so there's so many different styles of, of game music, too. There's lots of a variety as well. Um, and I know that, I mean, you've done, I guess you said you're closing on the 300th show and there, you have so many different segments that you always pick from. Um, yeah. I've seen the concert twice. I've seen videos, you know, online and stuff. And so there's so much to pick from. So, um, it's cool how each of these experiences with video games live is always something new as well. Um, and you're always adding these segments. I saw some videos of you did, you do like a smash bros thing now and Pokemon music, like, yeah, totally. Sweet. Yeah, we do an interactive uh, Smash Brothers thing where I call four people from the audience up on stage and they all play Super Smash Brothers while I while we while the orchestra performs the music in real time and changes it on the fly depending on what the people are doing on screen so it's all like timed out exactly. Um and the the funny thing is is that I actually play we actually play melee on stage because um, let's face it it's the better game and uh, but I love the music to brawl the best and so what we actually do is we play melee and I explain this to the audience I said look it's my show so what the hell I'll do whatever the hell I want I mean, we're playing melee but we're going to play the music from brawl because you know it's my show so it's and everybody gets a good laugh um and I actually the the song I chose is uh Uematsu san's uh you know, opening, you know, the big opening to, mm -hmm. to Brawl, which is just this epic piece of choral operatic freaking, you know, ecstasy. Um and so uh yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. So that's one of the things. Just recently though, like we're we're playing stuff now that hasn't even come out yet. Like 
Uh, we did a big show down at San Diego Comic-Con. In fact, you can watch this because it was streamed live uh, and free by Amazon and Twitch TV. They were our, our partners with it. And so actually you can go online and you can watch the whole show. But that show, we did the world premiere of our Monkey Island piece. We did uh, Dota 2 uh, world premiere. We did um, Destiny from Marty O'Donnell and Bungie and, and Paul, uh, songs he wrote with Paul McCartney. Uh, and all the guys were there guest conducting. Oh, we did uh, Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, which was unbelievable. We we were showing like all new footage, stuff that people hadn't even seen before. They didn't even show it at E3 or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we're always adding adding uh, the other stuff that you wouldn't have seen uh, is probably like Skyrim and Journey, uh, like you said, Pokemon. Um, uh, yeah, and even with our like Guitar Hero competition, we'll change the song every year. Right now, we're doing a Foo Fighters song, The Pretender, and have a lot of fun rocking out to that. So, um, yeah, pretty good. Always changing. In fact, some of the stuff that we have right now that I'm working on is I'm working on a super – oh, we also do Donkey Kong Country. That's a new one we put in the show as well too. But um, one of the things that uh, – some of the stuff we're working on now, I want to do a uh, Super Mario World. I cannot believe all these – orchestra concerts and stuff that are out there i cannot believe no one's done a, a super mario world one yet and uh and, and so uh we'll i think we'll be the first on that I, i'm not sure but um putting together this epic epic thing um for that and uh but we're working on katamari damacy um devil may cry uh earthbound mother um legend of mana um, or the Mana series. I'm not sure. Secret, Legend, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe a melody of them both. Um, but even stuff like, uh, uh, gosh, what, what are some of the other ones? Um, I mean, just getting into like some really deep, deep stuff that you would normally, you know, probably not expect to hear. Like when we roll out stuff like Shadow of the Colossus, people freak the hell out, you know, because it's like, oh, my God, they never thought they would have uh, done stuff like that. Uh, let me see. I'm just looking at the list of other stuff we're, we're, uh, we're, uh, that we're putting in the show. Uh, Monster Hunter, Star Fox, Okami, Phoenix Wright, uh, Xenogears. Phoenix Xenog Wright has some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. Objection. I mean, that whole thing is is, is, is epic. Uh, Guilty Gear, Gradius. Um, so, yeah, even stuff like Nier and Bastion are on the list. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just that's the great thing. And these are all games that, you know, have already come out. There's such an endless well to, to choose from. And as it stands right now, we have over 120 segments in Video Games Live, yet we can only play about 18 of them a night. That's about a two-and-a-half-hour show. So... <laughs> We could literally go back to the same place ten times in a row, which is what we've done down in Brazil. This will be our eighth year in Brazil, uh, and and it's a whole new show every time. Nice. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, really cool. There's so many different things to kind of um, pick from, and uh, so kind of going to the back to the Kickstarter for the CD. I know you kind of mentioned some ideas for the for the CD, but are there certain series that you really want to try and put on the CD and particularly since this is a Nintendo podcast, I guess anything Nintendo-related? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, so basically, <clears throat> you know, the way, the way it'll work um, with with this is that until the Kickstarter is funded, you know, and <clears throat> I'm not, you know, I, I won't approach Nintendo until until the thing's funded you know what i mean like because i don't want to be going to these companies saying hey maybe if this happens could we Mm -hmm. possibly talk i mean i and i know the people the folks over at nintendo for you know over 20 years um and so i know that you know when the thing's funded then i can go to them and say hey this is definitely a hundred percent happening because i don't want to waste anyone's time you know they they get a million requests so um but but they're aware there, there's people i mean i've already started talking to all of them about this months ago saying hey you know when and they all say the same thing it's like yeah we all you know when it if it gets funded let us know you know so yeah i mean some of the stuff that i want well i mean there's some stuff that i know is going to be on the album um it's uh, it's not owned by Nintendo, but it's it's associated with Nintendo. Is uh, we do this Tetris opera, that's that's freaking hilarious. Um, it's it's really powerful. I mean, it's really bone chilling. I I I, uh, I encourage uh, folks to just go on YouTube and just do a search for video games live and Tetris opera. It's really amazing. Um, and uh, so we're definitely doing that. But the things that I'm going to be approaching Nintendo about are Metroid, uh, Super Mario World, as I mentioned, um, Donkey Kong Country, and we do a 25th anniversary uh, Zelda kind of montage that we'd also like to approach them about. So, so yeah, basically there'll be uh, – let me see what's that – Mario World, Zelda 25, Metroid, and Donkey Kong. So four, uh, four that I want to approach them on. Um, cool. You know, if I get one or two of them, it'll be great. Right. Nice. And and I know that you know there's a lot of other great non-Nintendo series as well that have some really cool music and third-party games too. Um, so it's uh, definitely exciting to see, you know, what what uh, what comes with all this. It's uh, really cool. Um, let's see what else? I think uh, Steve, Greg, do you guys have um, any specific questions at all? Or Kathleen, I can shoot it out. Um, hey, Tom, is there anyone that you, any particular piece you find difficult to kind of learn, like the choice is really hard or anything like that, or Super Mario World? Do you think that's going to be really challenging, or has there been one that's like particularly difficult to learn? I should say from a from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, no, play. no, the Mario stuff so so amazing and so easy. Um, because the the hardest part in creating music is creating that motif, as it's called, uh, the the melody, the you know the the the, and and once that's done, you know everything else is easy. Like you t- you take the Mario melody, for example, and. You could have a heavy metal version. You could have a jazz version. You could have a reggae version, a symphonic version. A, you know, it's just uh, uh, you know, it's all at that point just you know interpretations. You know, uh, from the people, the arranging or the orchestrating of it. That part's actually pretty easy. It's it's those those seven or eight initial notes that make up the melody and the motif. That's always the most challenging part. So so from our standpoint, like when I approach 
uh, a new arrangement, especially on like old music, you know, I there's there's just things that sometimes speak to me. For for example, stuff like Castlevania, uh, Mega Man, Street Fighter. When I hear those pieces, I'm hearing more of a rock and roll type of vibe with the orchestra kind of supporting it, you know. Um, and and we we actually have done Castlevania two different ways. We did it just straight orchestra, and it was just missing something, you know. So I actually trashed the we, first couple of years we did that, and then I kind of trashed that arrangement and, and did a, a new version. And when we added the guitar, drums, and bass, to the symphony it just it brought the whole piece to life same thing with mega man you know when i hear mm-hmm. even if it's bleeps and bloops but when you hear you know in my mind i'm just hearing my guitar going you know and then and then the horns can be going you know and the strings are kind of going along you know doing the kind of counter melodies along with it and stuff um so that's that's just kind of you know my interpretation of of what I'm hearing. Now when I hear Mario, Super Mario World, for example, I'm not hearing that. I'm, I'm not hearing uh, you know. I mean, you could do it like that, but I'm just saying overall, you know, I'm not I'm not hearing it like that. I'm hearing it more of a big, beautiful thing. And, and the great thing about uh, about uh, Kondo-san is, is that you know he uses. You know, when, you know, you listen to the Mario music, and it's like it's a like a it's a swing, it's it's like a big band swing. It's a it's a waltz. I mean, you can see ballroom dancers dancing to that, right? I mean, it's a freaking yeah. waltz, you know. Yeah. And and so you know, you don't want to play a heavy metal guitar on on a waltz, but. Um, Although I'm sure someone on YouTube has done it. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, I know they have. But but uh, you know, so yeah, there's uh, you know, t- it's it's going to be very exciting. I mean, we're already done with the arrangement. I just uh, like I said, we're I haven't approached Nintendo with it yet. But um, you know, we're just tuning it all up and and keeping our fingers crossed for this. Uh, you know, for the uh, for the Kickstarter to to come through, which I mean, we're looking really good. I mean, we've we're uh, it's been five days, and um, yeah, you're almost halfway there. We're forty percent done. Yeah. yeah, so so that's that's a good thing. But the the thing that all my friends tell me about mm-hmm. Kickstarter, though, both the people who've done it successfully and unsuccessfully. They've always said you always you got to keep the momentum going. You got to keep it going. You know, you have one bad day or two bad days, and like all the averages just get out of whack. And it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you have to, you need ten thousand dollars a day to in order to make the goal mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like it's really, uh, um, yeah, it's really kind of scary. But <laughs> but uh, you know, always you know that's why I did this um, during this time period. Um, because we didn't have any shows, and so that was, uh, you know, that was big. Is that I I wanted to make sure that I could dedicate a hundred percent of my time to, you know, getting the word out and, and getting people to know about it. Right. Yeah, and I think um, you know, hopefully it does it does meet the goal, um, and uh, that'd be that'd be really cool. Um, but I also want to um, briefly talk about the. I know you have some stretch goals and stuff. So if, yeah. if 
we meet the goal and kind of go further beyond it. Uh, one of the things I think is a little um, documentary movie thing. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the, the stretch goals? Sure. I mean, right now on the site, I'm actually going to change them, uh, change a couple of them this week. Because, uh, like, one of the first ones is, like, at 300,000, we'll get, like, a famous artist to do the album art and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I didn't really think that one through too much because, I mean, the reality is, is you know, most people are going to get it digitally anyway, and it's like it's just a JPEG file. Like, why spend the money there? I think what most people, what more people uh, would get excited about is having more of the game composers be a part of the album, you know, playing on the album. So, so I'm going to change that yeah. one, and I'm going to start, you know, hey, if we get this amount, then you know. Mitsuda-san from you know Chrono, uh, you know will will play on something or whatever you know. So I, I think I want to I'm going to kind of redo those a little bit this week and and put it out a, a kind of an update to the project like that because um, it, it's more you know people care more about that not 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 what the hell the album looks like the album the JPEG that they're going to get you know so so um, I didn't really think that went through too much at the time but. Uh, Anyway, fixing that. Um, so, but the other thing, yeah. So we're we're gonna do, go for a mini documentary uh, at if it gets to 400k, because basically down in South America, there's so many, and this is kind of this would be like more of like maybe like a half hour or hour long um, kind of you know making of documentary behind the scenes, all of the challenges and the you know things that go into putting on the show and also you know down you know doing it down in Latin America which are the craziest uh fans in the world are down there it's <laughs> unbelievable i mean i'll be in my dressing room you know 10 minutes before the show starts and the walls are shaking you know because they're literally like stomping and clapping and chanting and getting ready for the show i mean they go absolutely into a frenzy like you've never seen before it's unbelievable and i think to capture some of that on on film as part of the uh you know kind of the mini documentary would be uh would be pretty amazing to to show the world i mean in the uh in the uh in the kickstarter uh description on our page on a kickstarter page there's a video of there of video games live in brazil and i think it was done back in like 2006 or something and watch that video <laughs> to get an idea and so that's like a little 3 minute look into what it's like and you just see crowds of people everywhere and people flipping out and losing you know just going crazy and stuff um and uh and in fact the the video that i use for the pledge video for the for the uh launch of the pitch video the first 30 seconds of that is also from brazil uh from last year our shows last year in brazil or two years ago maybe um yeah it was two years ago in brazil so again you just kind of see the frenzy and the excitement and how they all go crazy and stuff um so that's that's one thing but the but the real dream is to actually do a full-on movie documentary motion picture concert event um even our last special like our pbs special it was all really about the music you know because it's pbs and it's this high quality high class you know upper echelon kind of vibe and they just wanted to 
deal with the music, and we had the composers maybe doing like a one-minute intro before the piece. And I get it. That's what their thing is about. But I want, what my dream and goal is is to put out like a you know a three-hour thing. So it's it's all the music. It's a live concert, but kind of but also kind of a rockumentary, if you will, or, you know, kind of a combination of what I was talking about before with this kind of, I mean, I don't know if you guys, if anyone has seen like, um, like Katy Perry, uh, when she did her, you know, part of me, uh, thing, it was, yes, it was all the music to the album, but it was also kind of all the behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. where she came from. And, and so I want to kind of do that, like the history of game music and where it is and what, what the show means to people around the world and, you know, kind of intersperse all that stuff. So that's, that's at uh, 750 um, if we can make it up there right now, but uh, that, that's a long way to go. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, w- w- you know, we're, we're focusing right now on just, on just the album right now in hopes uh, that uh, it will skyrocket past it eventually and, and start to go for the other stuff. Cool. All right. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just had one question. What's the pledge amount that we get a, um, uh, a Spider-Man guitar and a Tron light cycle? I don't see well, on there. <laughs> considering, <laughs> I'll send you a picture of one for free. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the, my Spider-Man guitar is a uh, – you actually looked this up on the Internet. It's called the Web Slinger 1, and it's a custom Gibson Les Paul. They did 75 of them back in the 80s, and they're all custom uh, designed. I mean, it's got uh, Mother of Pearl web inlays up the neck. Uh, Every one of them was individually numbered and signed by Stan Lee. Now, when I was, you know, 15 years old or whatever when it came out, 15, 16 years old, Mm -hmm. and I saw this thing, I was like, oh, you know, it was like, you know, oh, my God, you know, for me, I was a you know huge Spider-Man fan growing up, and still am. And uh, and so I could, but I could never afford it. I mean, but again, when it when it came out, it was like about I think twenty or thirty thousand dollars when it came out. And so when eBay started, you know, I would scour eBay, you know, weekly. And then of course they got those things where they can where you can just put in a search and then if it ever comes up they'll email you or whatever that mm-hmm. was fun because that started saving me a lot of time uh and i always had in there spider-man les paul you know and uh one day the damn thing i got an email in my inbox and i was at my computer and i just see boom you know ebay spider-man les paul and i'm like what and i i open it and it had a buy it now thing, and so I bought it. I mean, I'm like, this thing was on eBay probably for about 40 seconds, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, that would that that would be a pretty uh, pretty high tier for the Spider-Man. Yeah. Car. Now the Tron Light Cycle as well. That that cost me about uh, I think that was like about twenty five or thirty thousand dollars when we made wow. that thing because it's basically. It's a mini roller coaster, if you will, because uh, I wanted the thing to zoom across stage, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you get a big, heavy Tron light cycle to actually zoom across stage? Now, the first thing we thought of was, well, shit, let's just make a motorcycle. You know, the problem with making a motorcycle 
is um, the other 100 musicians that are on stage and the microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Motorcycles aren't known for being uh, quiet. Yeah. And so we had to abandon that. So we basically like put it on this track. It's like a little roller coaster track. And so when you hit the button, it just goes boom. And it goes right across stage. Now we don't use that too much because we need a, at least a hundred foot stage in order to make that happen. And there's not a lot of stages uh, that can, I mean, there was the Hollywood bowl and there's like maybe two or three other ones. Um, but um so that was something that, uh, that, that that's pretty funny. But you'll you'll see in the Kickstarter, we actually you know we do have I have the blueprints, the blueprints uh, yeah. that we made from that, and we have a we give them you know, different rewards based on that. For everything from okay, here's a digital download of the blueprints to a nice you know printed out version, and then but like at the higher levels. We actually have the creator of Tron, Steve uh, Lisberger, uh, who's the creator and the executive producer of, of both films, but the, the first one was his baby. And, um, and so it's signed by him and Richard Taylor, who is a special effects supervisor for the first Tron film. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I called in all my industry friends from, <laughs> from around the world to say, look, you guys got to help me. We got to make this like as special as possible. I want to like make this the most incredible, you know, Kickstarter ever kind of thing. I mean, we have, we have everything from, you know, lunch, uh, and a tour at blizzard entertainment. We have, uh, the voice of solid snake, David Hader will record, uh, a 30 second personalized greeting to you. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's some, some wild stuff in there. All right. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely the, uh, the most extensive Kickstarter that I've seen. So many different great rewards uh, for this thing. So um, hopefully it does go through. And, um, you know, I definitely I wish you the best of luck with this. Oh, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I've, I've I've pledged and I'm ready. I saw this. So I, I, I like, kind of glanced at it. I would have pledged right away except for the fact that I had to kind of read through all the rewards because there's so many. <laughs> so it took me a little bit of time. I'm looking at this. I was like, yeah. wait a second. Did I really get, like, a CD this? So I kind of had to figure it out. But... Uh, I know, and, I, and I'm I'm gonna I'm actually it was, it was what I was doing right before I called you guys was I was just finishing up I'm I'm, I'm I created a rewards video, so it's a separate video, and I go through every single tier level in rewards, and I show people kind of what they're getting for the most part, and and kind of talk about it because yeah, people a lot of people aren't believing it. Like they're emailing us and leaving messages going, I, I don't get this. How is this even possible? You know? Um, well, the tough thing is when you get, you start, when I, when I was starting to read through them, I was like, oh yeah, I think that's my level I want, but I'll read the next one just to right. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool too. Like, okay, I think I'll go with this one. And then I'll right. read the next and one. Like, oh man, maybe I jump up bucks. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that, well, that, that was the big thing for me, right? Is that when I wanted to do this, I wanted to say, Okay, for this level, I want to give them, you know, everything I uh, you know, possibly can that, that makes sense. And then every le- the next level, then I had to figure out how I could outdo myself so much so that that oh my god, that level is even better than I thought. This was the great one, but not you know. So it's yeah, I, I really want it for everybody. Th- there's great stuff for everyone's budget. That that's the thing, you know. Even mm-hmm. again, even if, even if it's five bucks or twenty bucks, you, you get a, a boatload of stuff. So. 
Um, so now I just want to, I guess, take one or two uh, questions from, from the people in the chat room as well. Cool. Um, so Roth in the chat is asking uh, if there would be another um, Video Games Live Level 3 Blu-ray. So I'm guessing, like, of, of an actual concert, kind of like the last one, another Blu-ray. Yeah, so, I mean, that's our, that's our stretch goal for this. Um, you know, if it doesn't happen uh, for this, uh, you know, for this uh, campaign, Kickstarter campaign, I mean, it's always something that I want to do. Um, but the reality is, is that these things are so freaking expensive to film, you know. Uh, again, we spent a million bucks on the PBS special. Um, I'm only asking for $750. Um, you know, I would try to, you know, keep the budgets down to to around 750. The reason I can do that is because the idea would be to film them all in Latin America, and so the, you know, it's stuff's cheaper down there, basically. You know, I mean, so, you know, up here with the unions and the way, you know, equipment and and everything works up here, it's a lot more expensive. So down there, I could use, um, you know use the advantage of of being in uh, you know smaller countries um and you know kind of getting the budget down so so i'm hoping uh to do that and and if it doesn't happen this time around well you know maybe uh after we finish the album and stuff we'll we'll try it again and you know maybe now that the album won't be a part of that maybe i can get you know take that portion out and go for a lower number for for just the uh the, the DVD or Blu-ray, but uh, yeah, you know, again, I, in a perfect world, you know, record companies or places would come to us and say, "Hey, we want to, we want to invest in this and put it out." But it's it's tough. It is tough. It's a different market, right? I mean, you know, and we all do it, but you know, we, you know, a lot of folks aren't aren't you know paying for stuff or they're watching stuff on YouTube and and stuff like that. So it, it's a different world and uh we're just trying to figure out the best way to uh to keep going in it and to keep putting out content. That's all I care about. That's all I want to do is keep putting out content, you know. I can fill up 10 albums worth of stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh hopefully we'll be able to do that. Cool. Um so one more question. Uh Roth is also asking about um he said, what do you think about Armacrog, which I guess um, I had to look this up. I guess it's a new game from the creators of Earthworm um, Jim. The Neverhood and Earthworm Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, it was done, I, think, I guess it was done through a Kickstarter as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So Armacrog, um, I backed it myself. Um, you know, the guys who created Earthworm Jim, there was about, I think about 10 of us, 10 core folks. And we, we'd been together for creating games together for like five or six years. Um, first game we all worked on was a game for the Sega Genesis called Global Gladiators. It was a uh, McDonald's kind of ripoff. Um, we did it for the SNES as well, too. Um, and then after that, we did Cool Spot together. Uh, and then we did Disney's Aladdin. And then we did Earthworm Jim. And then we did Earthworm Jim 2. And then we did a game called... Um, Wild Nine, and then MDK, or no, we did MDK after Earthworm Jim Two, and then Wild Nine, and then and then uh, kind of and then Doug and those guys. Um, Doug is the creator, the actual guy who created the character Earthworm Jim. Then that's when he started Neverhood, and they, they kind of left Dave Perry and Shiny, and they kind of started their own thing. So, um, 
and then I didn't do the music for Neverhood either. But but those guys are, were all like brothers, right? And so um, so yeah, Pencil Test Studios is the name of the company, and they um, they're doing something that's actually it looks a lot like the, the Neverhood stuff, um, you know. And so uh, yeah, I backed their project. We 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 were promoting it through our, all of our social media on Video Games Live and our mailing list and everything like that. So yeah, super happy to. Uh, to see those guys make it, and it, it looked really sketchy there actually for a while because I think they were going for like nine hundred thousand, and mm-hmm. they were at like six hundred thousand with like two or three days to go, and we're like, oh no, <laughs> and uh, and I think it was uh, like a game trailers video that like one video that like a ton of people saw and like boom they were like backed within within a couple of days. I was like, oh my gosh, so awesome. So sure. and yeah, they the met pop- stretch budget or stretch goal of uh Wii U release. So. That's right. Did they make that? They did. It was, yeah. they did. It was oh, nine nine fifty. So oh great. They got awesome. Nine seventy four. So Woohoo. Yeah, super yeah. talented bunch of guys. Great guys too. So fun. Nice. Yeah, I guess that's something to definitely uh all to keep an eye out for that since uh, it hits yeah, the Wii U stretch goal as well. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I guess, um, and I, I wish you all the uh, the best with with your with your video game Black Kickstarter as well. Um, I think it's uh, it's really cool. There's a lot of different uh, rewards and stuff, and I think just just getting more and more you know CDs of video game music out there is is great for the community as well. Just being able to appreciate video game music and, and celebrate that and enjoy it with others. Um, I think that's uh, that's really cool. So for those that, that haven't already, head to Kickstarter, check out uh, Video Games Live Level Three um, Kickstarter. There, um, they need 250,000. As of now, they're at almost 105,000. So 24 days to go. Still a lot of time, but definitely get over there and um, and make your pledge because uh, uh, it's it's going to be good. I can tell. Awesome. Far everything. Thank you. Video Games Live has been a uh, been quality stuff. So you know you know what you're getting when you uh, when you go with this. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that about kind of wraps up uh, this little the podcast. So thank you again so much, Tommy, for for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll definitely be uh, heading towards the East Coast. Uh, I think in November we're going to be out there. So hopefully we'll be uh, playing a show in your area. Just just let me know when we're around and uh, get you guys to the show. Sweet, sweet. Oh, it's Sounds the good. Midwest for me. <laughs> awesome. The, was, yeah. What, what the, part of Midwest are you in? I'm actually Chicagoland. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, we played uh, Chicago right outside of Chicago uh, last year. But, you know, we're we're targeting Chicago for 2014. So, yep, okay. hopefully we'll be seeing you soon, too. Awesome. Nice. Um, so for those listening, um, thank you for listening. And uh, check out the, the other interview that we did with Tommy a couple of years ago as well. Lots of great insight into Video Games Live and, and the music industry and everything. Um, and uh, check out the Kickstarter. So thank you again, Tommy. Thanks, uh, guys. Thank you to everybody listening. See you guys later. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.